And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of your We Are Me podcast with Mickey Brennan and Davey Rispin. A lot to get through this week on this episode, Davey, so we won't uh, tinker about. Camogues were out, the ladies were out, the hurlers were out, the senior men's were out, the minors were out last week. Um, we have a lot of talking points from Instagram, we have a lot of lottos to get through as well, so we'll just uh, click straight into it and uh, we'll go to Saturday, Davey. And uh, start off with the positives. Um, on Saturday, uh, the ladies were taking on Westmead in what was essentially a semi-final of the Leinster uh, Ladies Senior Championship. And w- after ringing in a load of changes, after Eamon Murray rang in a load of changes to the Mead squad, they still came away with a very, very handsome win, Davy. It has to be said, Mead 3-15, Westmead one goal and six. And uh, absolutely Brilliant stuff from the girls once again and game time into a lot of girls who wouldn't have been getting starts and a lot of players rested as well and their dominance didn't falter at all. You know, like it just shows you that the strength and depth in this Mead Senior Ladies football panel is absolutely um, top notch. Yeah, they, I suppose the strength of the panel was clearly illustrated, Mickey. As you say, there was a, a raft of changes. No uh, Mary-Kate Lynch, um, Emmett Duggan, Emma Troy, Sean Ennis. Uh, there was a couple more. Uh, Nevo Sullivan not, not risked from the start. So there was a whole host of changes from the week previous against Dublin, but it made very little difference, albeit against a much, I suppose, weaker uh, opposition. And it did take me the little bit of time to kind of get to get to grips with it. It was a slow enough start. And uh, I know we'll, we'll do a full review on the Loyal Royals and you'll hear Raymond Murray. And he was a little bit um, disappointed, I suppose, with the first half performance. But second half, there was no... There was no remorse uh, from me. They really put the foot down and and uh, absolutely did it really well in the end, 315 to 1-6, as you say. Yeah, Mead led 1-7 to two points at the break. And uh, I suppose, um, as we said, they, they kicked on and scored 2-8 in that second half But uh, and showed no remorse for Westmead at all. But, um, you know, you, you could forgive them the slow start. The fact that, I suppose, a lot of these girls... You know, we're getting a start for me for the first time in a long time, maybe, or maybe even for the first time ever. Yeah, well, it was Sarah Wall's first start, Mickey, for yeah. uh, what eighteen months since the intermediate final against Westmead, um, and all that's happened in the time in which she's been missing through injury. It was great to see her back and getting her first start since then. The likes of Eve Gologly, who's been a fixture coming on, she got a start. Anya Sheridan, who we've seen going off against Dublin in the league game with a nasty-looking shoulder injury. Great to see her return. Um, Kelsey Nesbitt from the start as well. Orla Byrne kept her position. Bridgetta Lynch getting her first start of the year, um, having played all the games last year. Um, and, and you got game time into Moira O'Shaughness, who obviously was rested for the Dublin game. So a, a really, really good and worthwhile exercise for me. Um, obviously, bigger tests to come. But this was one of those games where... First and foremost, you needed to just get out of the way and, and take some things from it. And I think Eamon and his management team will take plenty from it. Yeah, they really will. And uh, two from two in the Leinster Championship, absolutely brilliant for the ladies. Uh, they will now go on to meet Dublin once again in the Leinster final on May the 28th, um, when it is a double header um, of the two Leinster senior Leinster finals, uh, the the men's football and the ladies, which is absolutely brilliant. And what a day out that is going to be for the girls. And I do hope that they get a massive crowd in for the ladies final as well on Leinster final day, which I'm sure they will, because a lot of people will want to see 
the dubs and Mead battling once again um, in a Leinster final. Um, sticking with the positives, then uh, we move on to Sunday, Davy, and um, the Mead Camogues are the Leinster champions. They've gone one step further than the uh, Mead ladies footballers uh, so far. Um, uh, with a lovely win over over Kildare, this game was played in Ockram and uh, they won this on a scoreline of Mead, one goal and 14, Kildare, two goals and nine, um, 17 points to 15, a two-point victory and a hard-fought win for the Mead ladies, uh, the Mead Camogues. Yeah, the trail for the vast majority of this game, Mickey, and only really hit the front in the final quarter and never relinquished it after that. But uh, Kildare gave them a really, really stern test. I know Mead have had the Indian sign over this Kildare side over the last couple of years, but going into this final, I'm sure they were under no illusions how how difficult uh, uh, an assignment it was going to be. It's a first Leinster title for Mead in, in, what is it, six years, I think, since mm-hmm. 2016. It means they're going to play uh, senior Leinster Camogie next year, which is great. And obviously it's a huge boost going into the All-Ireland Intermediate Championship in only a couple of weeks' time when they travel to take on Derry, which is going to be a a really tough assignment. But the biggest compliment or the biggest, um, the most impressive thing for me in this was the fact that Jane Dolan, you know, only had to be sprung from the bench and Mead have learned to, I suppose, win games and not be overly reliant on her, which maybe... The argument was in years gone by that they probably were. Now Jane is obviously nursing a bit of an injury. She was only brought on at half time, did contribute a point. But if you look down through it, if Sinead Hackett is playing at the minute, she hit six points for freezing and two from play. Ethan Minogue got a goal and a point, the all important goal. Amy Gaffney, three points from play and player of the match, an outstanding performance and a point each for Tracy King, Anya McNerney, and Aideen Slattery as well. And, um, just really, really good performance to dig it out in the end. Uh, the trail by a point at half time, but but never really let it get to them. And uh, just a brilliant win and great to get silverware. Um, yeah, ab- offers. absolutely. And, and sets them up nicely, as you said, for the All-Ireland Intermediate Championship now as well, to have that trophy uh, in the bank and uh, to have that victory as well in the bank. So um, well done to the Camogues and we look forward to following them now as they enter the All-Ireland series. And um, moving on to then the Joe McDonough Cup, the, uh, the Davy Mead played their last game, uh, last sorry, their second last round game, uh, the fourth round of the Joe McDonough Cup in Park Tolchin. Um, I think it was on Sunday, was it, am I right there? Sunday afternoon, um, yeah. Sunday afternoon, 3.14 to Mead, 7.29 to Antrim. But... Didn't really make a difference the result of this game, Davy, because um, what happened was that Down lost as well on the weekend, which sets up an unbelievable clash between Mead and Down in round five of the John McDonough Cup. If Mead were to get the victory over Down by a solitary point, they will stay in the John McDonough for 2023. They have a score difference of minus. 91 down of a score difference of minus 25 and if Mead beat them by a solitary point they will stay in the Joe McDonough Cup yeah I mean that's that's the benefit of head to head this could have been put out of Mead's hands by Sunday had down got something against Carlo on Saturday afternoon but Obviously, as we know, Carlo did a bit of a job on down and Mead's result against Antrim was always going to be academic uh, because regardless of what would have happened, barring the beat Antrim by 100 points or something like that, which was never going to be the case on Sunday, uh, they were always going to need to go to Ballycran next weekend and get a win. And that is the case. I think it's an awesome result considering the campaign that Mead have had that they can go to down and you know get a one-point win and preserve their status. It's going to be an almighty hard test because Down are a very decent side. They contested the Division 2 final uh, against Westmead this year. Um, okay, their championship hasn't really gone the way they'd have hoped, but uh, it, it's just such a good opportunity for me to have a cut at this. They're going to be rank underdogs going up there, um, as they have been in the last couple of years. But hopefully they could just find one performance and surely there has to be a performance in them on it. Like we all we know about the injuries, we know about the unavailabilities, the 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 treadbare panel that there is, but they have spirit, they have character, and and I think they'll really embrace this test now all week. I think they'll look forward to it, and even 
they'll completely wipe that Antrim game to the side. Antrim are always going to come down to Navin and probably do a job on me because they have promotion uh, as, uh, aspirations of their own, you know, to get to a Joe McDonough final and they stayed on course for that. But, you know, for Nick and, and his lads, it's uh, it's just a brilliant opportunity to try and resurrect something from this pretty horrendous season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the whole point about it is that the horrendous season is completely irrelevant going into this game against Down because it is in their own hands. They get the victory against Down. Mead Hurlers will play in the Joe McDonough Cup in 2023. And I'm sure at that stage, you might see a whole host, a raft of players coming back into the panel. Lads that were injured all year coming back in for the 2023 season and what kind of a carrot that must be for Nick Weir and his players to know that one victory will keep them in the John McDonough for 2023. Well, look, uh, we do wish them the very best of luck in that final round game um, up in uh, down. And um, yeah, we're saying up mead um, and down, down. Um, yeah, Davey, um, again, just to let our listeners know on our Loyal Royals podcast this week, it's uh, Patreon forward slash we are mead. You will find a full review of the ladies' uh, game against uh, Westmead, semi-final effectively. Um, and we have a whole host of interviews, Leave Globally, Sarah Wall coming back from that uh, injury uh, for, 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 for being out for 18 months and um, what an 18 months it was and her coming back and uh, even getting up the field and getting a point as well, David, you forgot to mention that. And we also have Eamon Murray as well. And then we will be doing a full review of uh, the Leinster Senior Championship semi-final between Mead and Dublin and the men's. We've an interview there with Andy McEntee, uh, which we'll be going to, well, we'll be going to uh, that game now in just a moment. And then we will have the All-County Football League uh, preview um, for, for, for next week's games and um, our predictions as well. We'll be keeping you up to date on that. I love keeping people up to date on our predictions, Davey Rissman, because I'm winning. Um, it's easy for me to be excited about it. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's, it's, it's funny. This year hasn't been a great year for you in the predictions, Davey. No, I tend to save my best for Championship, Mickey, um, as you know. So um, hopefully that will continue to be the case this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when it came to the GA predictions this year that Cortown ran on the Allianz Football League, you had a pro run. League. Um, sorry? League. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said, isn't it? The Allianz League. Uh, I said you had a pro run. And now in the All-County Football League uh, predictions, you are trailing by uh, quite some uh, amount and it's going to be hard for you. But maybe you're... maybe. Maybe you're, that's what you're doing. You're training yourself for championship, as you said, um, and you don't want to peak too early. Um, but I'll have two trophies under my belt by the time the championship comes around. Um, anyways, yeah, we'll be doing a full... I'm just delaying going to the mid game here, if anybody hasn't noticed already. Um, but we do have all of those over on our Loyal Royals podcast. And in the coming weeks as well, we will be doing um, a little bit of a... Uh, not a pre- well, a kind of a preview of the Mead Championships because the draws took place last week. We did do um, a little bit on our We Are Mead podcast last week about that, all the different groups in uh, all of the four different championships. And we're going to just do a little bit of a, uh, a roundup of that in the coming weeks as well. So stay tuned for that one. So um, ripping the plaster off now, eventually, Davey, we're going to go to uh, the Leinster Senior Championship semi-final between Mead and Dublin. It was in Croke Park. It was on Sunday afternoon. And the final score was... Mead won 14, Dublin won 27. Uh, uh, an emphatic victory for Dublin, a dominant display. Um, you know, uh, their first half was probably one of the best first halves of football that I've seen in a long, long time for one team, um, and that was for Dublin. When you consider that they had won 17 on the board by half time and had one wide in that first half, Scoring 18 times out of 19 attempts in the first half is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it is, Mickey. And I, I suppose in stark contrast, uh, the, the Mead performance, you know, was was um, was pretty appalling. We had uh, six first half wides um, with, with only, what was it, five points to our name at half time, And it took us 12 minutes to get off the mark. And at that stage, Dublin had already five points on the scoreboard. And 
you could say the damage was done, but it did progressively get worse from there. That their, their full forward line caused us all sorts of trouble throughout the course of the afternoon. And the, the irony of it was that there wasn't one player which was um, absolutely outstanding throughout. They sort of played in fits and spans. Like in the early stages, it was Cormac Oslo was calling causing all the issues. Part of the game, it was probably Con O'Callaghan, and then Dean Rock suddenly gets into the game when he gets a couple of freeze and a penalty and then he was really really impressive as the afternoon went on and um it was a pretty chastened experience mickey from a mead standpoint we struggled to really lay a glove on them and the frustration got to, got the better of, of a couple of players then later on as we picked up two red cards and um unfortunately barren and appeal there were straight red cards so that's going to put them out of the qualifiers in a few weeks time and um we do already have a couple of injuries to to probably contend with and that won't help because certainly Jack Flynn who came on in the second half was one of the few positives that you'd probably pick out from the game he, he was good um, but but it was just a, a case of deja vu and the same old against Dublin and Crow Park on, on a Leicester semi-final day unfortunately Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30 second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, Contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. It's it's like nobody goes out to lose, obviously, or whatever, but it's just very um oh how do you how do you even describe it? like what happened it was i suppose when you look at the the early parts of the game you know it was attack for attack it was attack for attack and um you know mead looked like you know they they, they were getting up the field just as easy as dublin but it, all of a sudden it was five points to no score then you know me a little bit of a rally we got back to 6-3 and it was as if Dublin turned it back on again but when you look at their scores very similar to the Dublin of old not the Dublin of last year um they scored all of their scores from around the D but they were there was no hand being put on them there was no tackles being made and it was all too easy for Dublin in around that D and we just looked a little bit out of depth out of our depth we did, yeah, Mickey. And, and to be honest, in the early part, it was a bit of a puzzler because like Harry Hogan was picking out Mead lads with his kickouts and Mead actually won the first six or seven of their own kickout. So what that tells you is, you know, in and around the midfield or, or certainly we were making the offers, Harry was picking lads out. It was when we were getting up to the final third where that was the difference between the sides. Dublin were so clinical when they got the opportunities and they could put moves together. Mead, on the other hand, looked disjointed. Um, I won't say they didn't know what they were doing, but it, it certainly looked like uh, they probably had a blueprint for how they wanted to play, but they were just unable to penetrate what was a pretty formidable Dublin backline. And that was the line that we thought Mead could probably get at last week. Unfortunately, it wasn't. And in stark contrast, you know, their lethal full forward line, um, you know, absolutely tore us to shreds. Again, our full back line probably uh, didn't get a whole pile of cover because the quality of the ball that was going in was was just so good that, you know, 1v1, any top class forward is going to fancy their chances against the defender. So that was uh, disappointed. The, probably... Mead never had a purple patch, Mickey. That was the worst. If you actually look down through the Mead scores, it was every 10 or 15 minutes we were getting a couple of points. We didn't have a sustained spell. Like, for example, last year in the in the game, the third quarter we owned. Dublin comprehensively won every single quarter of the game. Um, and for me, that was the most disappointed because Mead never really ever raised the gallop. And I think for supporters as well, that's the thing that they'll be walking away with most frustrated about. Yeah, we, you know, we, we 
you say we won the second half, but that's you know <laughs> that's uh, of no consolation, I suppose, uh, to anybody. One what was it? One nine to uh, ten points in the second half. But you know, at half time, the game was run. There was no coming back from a fifteen point deficit, and you're talking about how it's not that we look clueless, but like in the forward line, but. What is it like? What, why have we this fear of the dubs or at the moment? Or what? What is? Why were we not clicking in the forward line? Why were we dropping balls short? Why were we a bit headless or, a bit, you know, a bit like headless chickens? Or is there is there anything we can put our finger on? Because we know that these players don't quite do that. No, and, and I think the one thing you can say is that the Mead lads are better than that. You know, that isn't a fair reflection on how good or bad Mead are. You know, they're, they are better than that. However, if that keeps happening year after year, you have to say that there's something fundamentally wrong and there is definitely a, a mentality issue with the dubs or, there's, you know, there's scar tissue there that seemingly raises his head every couple of years that Dublin get a run on you and suddenly our lads just seem to kind of crumble in front of you. The flip side of that is Dublin have done this to every single team in Leinster over the last 12 years. So it's not as if, you know, it's, it is happening to me every other year, but it's happening to Kildare, it's happening to Westmead, Loud, all the, all them other teams as well. So I think we have to be realistic in saying that we're we're still a savage, a savage distance off Dublin, as are most of the chasing pack in Leinster. That remains to be seen if Kildare can bridge that gap in the final. Um but but it just it, it it's that false hope we get ourselves up for it. We think we have a realistic chance of keeping it competitive and, and probably running them close. And you get railroaded in the first 15 minutes. And let's be honest about it, the game was effectively over after 15 minutes. Um and the amount of people streaming out at half time, which I don't like to see anyway, that's that's a stark realization of of sort of how the game went. Yeah, the, like uh, again. So we're going to deal with this part of it on on our We Are Me podcast. You know, um, you're talking about the people walking out um, of Crow Park. You know, that that says to me they're you know they're they're part of the problem as well. Um, you know, back in the day when Mead were losing by ten points, fifteen points in a game back in the eighties and nineties, you wouldn't leave because you knew that there was going to be a, a bounce in the Mead team and. Um, and you were a loyal supporter, so you don't do that. But, um, for instance, like the, the social media aspect of it, yes, we're all disappointed and we're pissed off, you know, about the whole thing and whatever. But naming people, blaming people, uh, abusing people uh, on social media is absolutely horrendous. And there's been so much of it. Yes, everybody's entitled to be frustrated. Um, but to actually come out and name people and whatever is absolutely horrendous like I've, i saw a great tweet straight away after the game um not long after the game anyway and it was uh, from paddy keneally and he says the shite the mead footballers will have to listen to over the next week is cat and i agree with him it is and um, those players did not go out to um to to get beaten like that by dublin and you know, at the end of the day, they're amateur sports people. And, you know, is there something that we just kind of have to realise that we, as well, that we have no God-given right to be beating the dubs or to be winning All-Irelands or winning Leinsters and that we need to go back to the drawing board and that maybe we're seeing the signs of what the plan is for the future over the last couple of years with our minor teams doing so well the under 20s getting their first victory at under 20 in you know, quite some time this year uh, in the first round. We have to look maybe a little bit further to the future rather than to the near future for, for me to be back uh, playing at a competitive level um, at the top table. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think we have to be realistic and say we're a good way off winning a Leinster, let alone winning an All-Ireland. And there has to probably be... Uh, some sort of plan put in place that that will you know put us in the right direction to winning that and that's as you say it's not going to be this year it's not going to be next year it's probably not going to be the next five years uh, just going back to your original point about the players uh, again and I would social agree social media and yeah, all that I think it's a collective I have I don't mind uh, supporters who go to the game pay their money 
that have an opinion. I was I was as disappointed as any Mead supporter walking out of Crow Park, and I just had to. I actually kind of switched my phone off, and I, as you know, Mickey, I wouldn't be someone to to normally do that. But I just couldn't. I just knew what was going to be on social media, so just tried um, on purpose to stay away from it. Um, there's it's okay to criticize the team. It's okay to criticize the management, right? But this thing about you know criticizing individuals, whether that's the manager, the captain. The, the corner forward, the full back, that's the part I don't like because that's you're singling out people then. Yeah. And and it's an amateur sport. They're amateur sports people. The likelihood is it's a small enough county at the best times. They're going to see that. Those fellas have to get up on Monday morning and go to work or go to college and, and go to school, even some of them. Um, and, and it's just not nice. And they're going to be hurting uh for the next week. And uh that that crack from supporters doesn't help. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but there's there's ways and means of doing it. That's all. And I there's a line. There's a line. Yeah, of course there is. Yeah, yeah. we've had this conversation and so many times before, though. We really have. And and again, just for our listeners as well, um, we've had numerous people getting in contact with us saying that we're not sharing everything that has been uh, said to us on Instagram or whatever. And again, going back to Davy's point, we will share things when people are talking about the management or the group of players when people are sharing things about individuals and saying derogatory things about individuals from the management team or from the panel we are not going to share the, that kind of thing because that's not what we're about we're trying to make things better and give a positive outlook on read um, and a realistic one as well but we're not in the business of singling out people and um, damning them for anything uh, at, at any stage. So again, just just in case there's anybody out there who thinks that we're not sharing things because we have an agenda, it's not. We don't share things if they're individual based and whatever. Um, and if you go into our Twitter, everybody who's put up a comment, they, all of the comments are liked, but that doesn't mean that we validate what you're saying either, so it's not. So we do like it all of the comments to show that our appreciation for you getting in contact with us. It's mad. There's a lot of anger, you know, and, and we're, we're, we're portraying that as well here as well, the anger, Davy, and um, because th- th- this is not going to be part of our review. Uh, we're not going to be talking about that kind of thing, but there is an awful lot of anger and, you know, there's frustration and it, it goes deeper than just the team or the management, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's look at at the end of the day, we have to get up and go again in a few weeks' time, and and the players will undoubtedly need the support base, um, and and just to clarify, like the vast, 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 vast majority of Mead supporters are brilliant, you know, and they'll, they'll travel through thick and thin to see the team, um, I just find there's people that maybe sit at home and listen or watch from afar, and they they get a kick out of kicking the team, um, yeah. And, and that's the part I don't like. I think anybody who goes to the game and are reasonable enough and fair in their criticism, they're completely entitled to their opinion. Um, and they do it, you know, in the vast majority of cases in the right way. But, you know, let's let's just hope this this kind of stops because at the end of the day, they're not professional sports people. They, they are exposed to much more of it than your, your premiership footballers or whoever are ever going to see, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and do you know what? It's funny that you mentioned that because... Um, uh, I saw a lot of abuse that was similar to what the soccer players uh, get, the likes of Pogba and the whole lot, you know, um, the, the very similar type of abuse. Um, and that seems to be creeping into the GA, which was never in it before. And you don't want to see that kind of soccer comparison uh, comparison um, be, being made uh, to, to the GEA because at the end of the day these are all our friends these are all the guys that we grew up with these are the guys who live next door the, the guys who live down the road the guys who train in your club when they come back after their county football so you know at the end of the day these guys are approachable and are tangible they're right there beside us and they don't deserve um, uh, the, 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 the individual abuse that they get and um, collectively you can look at them and say right we're not good enough and all that and that's fair enough and again just because you're shouting doesn't mean that you're right because there's a lot of people shouting on social media and that doesn't just mean that they're right but um yeah it's it, it's disappointing Davy. it really is like there's no okay we'll park that because we'll do the lottos 
And after the lotters, we'll be going to Instagram and we'll probably be coming back to a lot of that. So, Davey, I suppose um, I'll let you go first with the lotters. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin & Sons, your authorised automower dealer on 046 955-1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne & Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Meath. Yeah, thanks Mickey. And Chocolate and Royal Gales first up from last Monday night um, and the numbers from were 12, 14, 16 and 22. No jackpot winner. There was Three match three winners though who collect 70 euro each. Uh, Thomas Walsh, uh, KK, care of Van Power, whoever KK is, but well done to them. And uh, Barbara Larkin, the next draw takes place tonight, half eight live on Facebook. 13,000 of a jackpot, it's capped at 13,000 of a reserve and a second reserve of 8,600. Uh, you can play that one on Club Force. Longwood next in. 7,000 euro of a jackpot, not one last week. Uh, the lucky dip winners were Dara and Laura Maguire, Pather Gorman and Geraldine Mulvey. The numbers drawn were 4, 17, 23 and 25. Manalvi next in from last Monday night, the 9th of May, 5, 11, 14 and 28. The numbers drawn, uh, no jackpot winner. The match three winners were Paul Dunn, Paul Green and Oliver O'Malley. Uh, they go again tonight, Monday, at, uh, sorry, with 900 euro of a jackpot. You can play it at manalvgfc.ie or on the Club Force app. Minolte, um are also still going strong. Um, they had no jackpot winner last time round. 14,600 euro there. 2, 6, 16 and 25, the numbers. There was six match three winners collecting 35 euro each. Gillian Carey. Katie Smith, Kathleen Smith, Ted Nevin, Seamus Duffy and Patricia Kearns. The special online prize went to Lisa Connolly and she wins €50. Euro. And they go again on Sunday the 22nd of May with a jackpot of 14800 Will not be lovely. Um, mm. Next in is my own court and GFC, Mickey, uh, from last Friday night. Uh, €9,100 of a jackpot, not one. One, three, 18 and 31, the numbers. Um, five 20 euro winners were Cathy Moyles, JJ Higgins, Carmel Dolan, Andrea Kavna, and Margaret Farrell. We go again on Friday night, 9,200 euro at courtinga.com forward slash lotto. Gil Cullum Killer next in, four nine twenty. sorry, four 16 numbers, 12,000 jackpot, not one. Um, the match three winners collecting 150 euro between them were Jimmy King, Celine King, Killian Curran, Tina Kerr, Paul Carr, and Damo Moran. 12,000 is currently capped out again uh, this this time round. Um, and just one other thing, Mickey, uh, to, to read out alongside my lottos is um, an initiative from uh, the Navano Matneys Club, and it's uh, called Pell for All. It's football training for children with additional needs and it starts on Saturday or sorry it started on Saturday the 7th of May but it continues every week from uh, 20 past 9 in the morning to 10 to 10 so just a half an hour slot it's at the Hurling Wall at Paddy O'Brien Park and uh, their slogan is every child gets a go and you can contact Eunice on 086 um, if you want to get involved with that yeah, fabulous initiative there from Navin O'Matneys and uh, so inclusive and bringing in uh, kids with those uh, different uh, aspects um, and yeah, absolutely fantastic and uh, yeah, it's great to see uh, initiatives like that um, being being brought to the forefront and and, and given some airtime, uh, absolutely. Um, I have the usual too, so um, the Central Town Lotto 
Uh, tonight is a massive 10,000 because it wasn't won last week. Uh, go to smartlotto.ie um, and you will find uh, Central Sounds in there or go to any of the social media pages and you will find um, the link in there. Simon Sins Lotto last Friday night was not one, it was 1800 euro. The numbers drawn were 18, 26, 28, and 32. There's only one match three winner, and that was Pat Doolan. Next week's um, lotto is 1850 euro. And also, Jelly just says a massive win for Rovers on Friday night against Derry City, too, in the uh, top of the table clash. And he says, Don't worry, Dundalk will be back. Why, where did Dundalk go? I didn't know Dundalk went in holiday stadium. <laughs> and that brings us seamlessly into Instagram, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Davey, we'll, uh, we'll go straight into the Instagram and um, we, we'll do our best um, to answer as much of this as possible because we know it's not going to be easy. No. Uh, so let's get cracking. Robert Perfield first in and he goes, no way to take any positives from that. Backs far too loose. Too many wides early on. A disaster. Yeah, well, Andy did refer to it in, uh, in the Sunday game and in a lot of his interviews how, you know, that first half we were just so loose and, you know, that's some that, that that's the point I made about Dublin kicking their scores from around that D and no pressure on them as they were kicking it. They just seemed to be able to pick holes and get away from their men way too easily. Um, and sometimes you wonder, were, were, were me way too hyped up that they fell flat when they came out onto the field or something like that, you just wonder because I've never seen the Mead defenders so loose. You know, like in, in all in the last ten years, is one of the things that we would have prided them. Even the last couple of times we played Dublin, our defenders were absolutely brilliant and so tight. Um, the last couple of years and and really made it difficult for Dublin. But you know, this it just it just doesn't happen for them in, in Croker on Sunday. Cormac Carlin says tackling needs to improve. Too many easy frees given. Yeah, it's the same thing again. Um, you know, um, they were either too far away from their players or they were just, you know, fouling them way too easy. It, it, you know, it was probably a frustration. Uh, Gavin Daly just said Christ. Yeah, well, he, here's one for you, Davey. Um, when, when he says Christ, Dublin have now won eight in a row against Mead. Before this run of eight in a row, their best was four in a row, which they did three times between 1919 and 1924, 1955 and 1963, and then 1974 to 1980. And now they've gone and won eight times against me. That's once in 20 years we've beaten Dublin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a start. You know, so again, and, and, and that there tells you as well that it's not the individual players or it's not the individuals on the management if we've only beaten them in 20 once in 20 years David. yeah yeah i hear you um <laughs> next in uh, a brighter note uh, probably a little bit of tongue-in-cheek with this one is official mead camogie and uh, they said is there another sport we could try and be good at <laughs> um well, again, if you know, throw the camos and the ladies together and uh, into any sport at the moment because they they're both on a high at the moment. So, um, yeah, yeah, the ladies have been doing us proud, so they have that is for sure in both codes. Yeah, uh, Sarah O'Finnegan said, "How many current Mead Senior Champions on the senior squad?" Um, one, but there was more on the panel, wasn't there? <laughs> He was one of them, yeah. <laughs> um, he's not had that particular number. Uh, uh, that question could be interpreted different ways because he doesn't state, was it from 2022? So, like, if you want to look at Retolt, um, there's quite a number of them then between Retolt and the Wolf Tones. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. But yeah. um, Charlie Smith says there's always next year. Yeah, there is. Um, I saw a great tweet as well. If it had gone on another five minutes, we definitely had them. Um, it's a shame that they didn't go on another five minutes because we definitely had them. So um, there's always next year as well. Well, look, there's always the qualifiers because at the end of the day, right, at least we're not, for instance, Cavan, who went straight into a Talchum Cup. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so we at least we have the qualifiers. We're still in the All Ireland Championship, and if we can lift our heads and and, and get a bit of a run going, wouldn't we love another crack at the Dubs? Mickey, I'll I'll cheer you up with something, right? And it was only when oh. you mentioned Cavan that I that oh, I remembered. But this is this was sent to me in a text anonymously today, right? Oh, um, an anonymous text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but it's it's legit because I wouldn't make all this up on my own. But bear with me. He says, I'm working in loud and the place is full of cabin people. I'm telling them here that all the games uh for the Talton Cup are in Park Talton, and that's why it's called the Talton Cup. <laughs> Some of the boys are wary, but one lad that doesn't follow football swallowed it. Told them all the money at the gate is for the upgrade of Park Talton. He reckons <laughs> that's a disgrace. I just nodded at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's that just class <laughs> oh class I love it I love it yeah you want to hear the stories I need to be telling them up there <laughs> and they're not you. all they're not all that gullible though <laughs> yeah he, he he also went on to follow that up by saying anything to make cabin people look uh, simpler to Mickey Brennan <laughs> <laughs> very good excellent uh, excellent yeah, I've shared another one because again, I've sort of seen the funny side of it, the way he's worded it. It's not having a pop at anyone, but Dara Connell has said the mead bags were as good as a pack of melted Maltesers. <laughs> and nobody likes a melted Malteser. No, um, no. Um, they just don't do what they're supposed to do. Definitely not. Colin O'Brien has a great suggestion here. He said, surely the ladies final should be the main match in two weeks. Two of the best teams in the country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, um, the Dublin-Kildare game should be the curtain raiser to Dublin and Mead in the ladies. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Shane Riley said, Mead half-back line, absolutely non-existent. Pathetic performance. Never seen a Mead team with such a lack of fight and desire standing way off their men. Uh, yeah, like... I know, I, I know what to say about fight and desire, but sometimes it, that can happen in a game where it just all goes wrong and you want to clip a fella and you just can't get close to them. And then when you do get close to them and you clip them, you get a red card, which happened towards the end of the game. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you know, like it's, um, yeah, it, I, I, I just think it went all wrong. It just it, it couldn't have gone any worse for them. It's all couldn't. Yeah. Um Brendan Byrne says any preferences in the qualifier draw? Um I'd love to get Tyrone. Um I really would. I think that that would be a nice little test for us. And you know, they they they're probably the worst team to ever win in all Ireland. Um I I would think. Um and you know, they're kind of in a bit of a transition as well this year. And I think if we got them, that, that could be a game that could get us back on the horse um, because they have been a tough opponent for us over the last number of years. And if we got one over them, who knows where the confidence levels will go to. Hmm. Um, next one comes in from uh, Gareth Lynch. He said, that game was lost before they hit the pitch. No guts, no glory. No guts, no glory. Um, I probably don't agree with that part of it, but it did seem like the lads were beaten before they went onto the field. If that's not too bad of a comment, it just seemed seems like fr- it, it seemed flat from the start. It seemed flat, like, but like it was funny. The first ten attacks, it was Dublin attacked, they scored. Mead went and attacked, missed. Dublin from the kick out went and attacked and scored. Mead from that att- kick out went up and attacked and missed. Then we had the goal chance as well. But it was five attacks each, the, the first 10. And it was literally you attack, we attack, you attack, we attack, you attack for, for the first 10 uh, attacks. They scored five times and we missed five times. Mm. And like, that's just, that has to like just completely deflate you to think that, God, they're five points up. You score, we miss. You score, yeah. we miss. That's you score, we miss. Was, yeah. That's what it was like. So, um, funny that Owen, uh, Owen Gibbs and Simon Finn almost at the exact same time said, "Where do you start?" 
literally they come in like chronologically and the two lads who have no connection one's from Slane and I think the other's from Balnebracki and who, who um, said it first? Simon Finn all right well he was he was there for the to, to, to ask the question where do we start first <laughs> um, yeah where do you start yeah um, I think that that oh, those opening 10 attacks I think um, is where I would start and and, and and that was the losing of the game um, five attacks each they score five times we had Jordy missing the goal chance we missed three scores and, and the other attack broke down um, the shot came in I think it dropped short so and then you find yourself after seven minutes of play, five points, no score down. Yeah, look, there's loads of other things I'm sure that you could say as well. Uh, Carl Gibney said, Scully starts all the league in championship games and can't even come in as one of the five subs. Uh, was he joke. carrying an injury? I, I think he was. Now, in fairness, he's from his club, so you'd like to think he might know. But Scully was there, he was togged out, he did the warm-up, but... I would assume he was injured um, because otherwise he'd, he'd probably have started and he'd most definitely have probably came on. And was um, it two years ago he was, he, he, he like the game was over and and yet he was still bringing it to Dublin after coming on as a son. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, no, he last year as well. In last year as well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Blake said the same, no, Jason Scully. Uh, Joseph Blake also says that M.M. NMCB will follow Mead everywhere they go. We love them. That is, of yes. course, the North. The North Mead choir boys. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Saw some great videos of them getting their tuning right on the bus and singing "Oh Beautiful Mead," and a beautiful rendition it was. And you could hear all the different accents from North Mead in it as well, which was brilliant. <laughs> I actually I met them after the game. Would you believe I was walking to the car and I thought it was the last Mead man not even leave a crow park but just around crow park and of course i, I met uh, jack blake joe blake darren gibney a whole concoction of north mead men put together uh, and carl gibney of course and the boys were just coming with their bags of chips and uh, they were still in good jovial form and um, they were looking forward to their to their venture home did they did they do a little um barbershop quartet for you and did you throw them some coins they were all sung out at that stage, Mickey, ah, I think. Okay. And a few of them, I think, had been kicked out as well. So uh, Okay, sung out and kicked yeah. out and yeah. heading home. Exactly. Uh, but all in one piece and all all had a good day of it, which is the most important thing. Um, yeah. Deck F Dunn says, where to now? We absolutely have to win the next match. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, um, it's something you'd, uh, you'd hope that the lads would now um, target and obviously that is their next target and, and that they would, you know, go into it. It doesn't matter who it's against and just say, right, this Mead emblem here, this badge, um, I'm going to play for that today. Ben Farrell, I'd actually wholeheartedly agree with this point, Mickey, That's that I'm going to make for Ben. He says, hard to be positive here. Two red cards at the end epitomised the lack of discipline within the camp. Um, and regardless of what you think of the two red cards, they were petulant, ill-disciplined tackles from from Jordy Morris and Jack Flynn. Whether they were red card or not, that's up for debate. But I think that probably summed it all up. And as you said already, that happened in the last five minutes of the game, not not the first five. Yeah, Which, why didn't why, why didn't yeah. Jordy push push the the player like that in the chest in the first five minutes? And why didn't well Jack Flynn couldn't have um, uh, gone for um, was it Paddy Small or no? Um, I don't know who was actually running by Jack Flynn, but um, uh, um, I'll come back to it. I, I, I can't believe I can't think of his name. Just sick of the sight of the dubs. Yeah, Keith Meat says, and Keith is a very positive, upbeat fella most of the time. He just says it's very hard to stay positive after this. Yeah, well, I suppose kind of have to um, because, you know, they're still, they're still you know and we have to um we have to stay positive for them and get behind them in the in the qualifiers and, and maybe not judge them on the greatest team of all time um and uh, the, the best team of the last 12 years you know hands down like so um we just have to you know and keep will keep will get back on the horse like i'm sure all of the real need supporters will 
Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Auto mower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. Alan O'Connor says, why is the qualifier draw not taking place until next week? I would say that's because the game is three weeks away. Yeah, um, and they were waiting on something as well, some some results, I think, as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, were, they, they didn't want to do the one Monday morning. Um, with the Torchon Cup, they want to separate them. It was Johnny Cooper he caught with the elbow, by the way. Just eventually it comes to, to my head. Um, and look, Johnny Cooper put his head down. He actually went to shoulder him. Flynn went to shoulder him and, and um, uh, Johnny Cooper puts his head down. He may have lifted the elbow a little bit, but like you're allowed to do that when you're playing the gloves. <laughs> Uh, Mickey the Honey Badger Burke says we need a group of forward thinking people to revamp the whole structure in the county and put a plan in place with a vision to try and win the All-Ireland by 2035 2035 13 um, years 13 years that's that's given a, no, a long long time to, to, to do it I do agree with, with, with his, um, his sentiments there um, I think that we we've already seen some of that structure being put in um and the development um side of things and that as i said at the start maybe we need to look maybe a little bit further to the future um and by doing so do exactly what he's saying putting all those structures in place and whatever um but i think i, I don't think you'd have to wait 13 years lucky to be working mickey hey, hey. Uh, he said, well, seriously, well done to the ladies in Camogie beating the Hams athletes. <laughs> beating the Kildare ones. Go, you boy. Uh, John Kelly. Uh, so, clued in now. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm taking notes as always. Love John Kelly's. Yeah, uh, it's actually disappeared because there's so much of it. But there, there, this is... This is it all, right? So he says, <laughs> this guy, he apologizes first and foremost. He said, sorry, I was wrong about my predictions. You need three attempts to beat the dubs, a few points to make. Me that eight players, 21 or 22 years of age yesterday, Morris, Walsh, Flynn, Costello, O'Connor, all huge potential. Mead scored 114 yesterday. It was the highest score a Leinster team has scored versus the dubs in five years. Since 2010, we beat Dublin, sorry, since 2010, we beat Dubs. Sorry, we beat Dubs, Mead, 114 yesterday, and Kildare's 117 in 2017 are the two highest scores. Leinster teams have scored scores versus the Dubs and Leinster in the last 12 years. Basically, our 114 is the highest score. Uh, top three highest scores versus Dublin since 2010 in Leinster was Kildare, 117 in 2017, and uh, Mead. 114 yesterday. Lee scored 210 in 2016. Um, he follows that up by saying, bear with me, he says, clarify my point regarding highest scores against Dubs. He says, it shows the Dublin domination of Leinster. Average winning margin for Dublin and Leinster is 15 points in the last eight years. Dubs have hammered every team in Leinster since 2012 and most teams in the country. Dubs hammered Kildare by 19 and 15 points and Westmead by 31 points. Leash by 18 points in the Leinster final. We have an incredibly young team with huge potential. The key is getting up to Division 1 and staying there. Neither will keep fighting year after year and like the ladies the men's team will succeed mead football matters mead football and these talented young footballers will have better days excellent 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 stuff and i suppose when when you are 
after coming away from a game like that and you wait for the dust to settle. Um, and then you can look back on it and then you can take everything in account, into account, which John Kelly has just done. Um, and they, they're positives. They show that it's not just me that it's happening to. Um, it shows as well that, you know, that's the highest score that Dublin have conceded as well. Um, uh, Bar Kildare's one seventeen, I think it was. Um, you well, know, what, just having... a just a question for you when you're in the middle of that. What would you hope would happen in the Leinster final in a couple of weeks between Dublin and Kildare? What would I hope would happen? Yeah, like what, what would you happen? like to? What no? What would you like to see happening? Would you like to see Dublin railroad and Kildare like they've railroaded everybody, or would you like to see Kildare if not beat Dublin but run them? Really, really close. Well, you want to see Kildare beating Dublin. We want to see somebody taking the stranglehold that Dublin have on the Leinster Championship away and giving hope to other teams. Of course you want that. In reality, will that happen? Dublin seem to have found their mojo again. Um, you know, again, they're back to scoring from the D. They're not taking shots from wild angles. They're, they seem to be back to what they were two or three years ago. I don't see them, uh, Kildare, getting anywhere close to them um, in the Leinster final. Um, they were very, uh, what's the word? Kildare against Westmead, they were... Gung-ho? They weren't, they weren't even gung-ho. Like, they only won it by three. Um, no, as in, as in, like, they were they were open. They, they kind of went out and just kind of... But it was very flat. More than knee, it was, yeah. But it was very flat. There was no... There was no power to the game at all. You no, know, West, just... Westmead were guilty as well, Mickey, I thought. I, I thought Westmead, if they had a little bit more ambition, they could have got something from that game. That's my point, is that like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were flash, you know, like and that they, they were there for the taking nearly if Westmead uh, adopted. So um, that kind of a performance against Dublin is not going to work because, you know, they're depending on on on, um, on Daniel Flynn to do all the, 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 the you know, the extravagant stuff and keep them in the game and and, and Highland just get get the scores and whatever. But Dublin would be well able to look after Marshall to them. Well Marshall won of them anyway. Highland or um Daniel Flynn is is, is uh, exceptional. He might do something sensational. But you know, apart from that I d I I don't know. Like would I love to see the Kildare beating them? Yes, just to give everybody a bit of hope. Will it happen? I don't think so. Uh, I, I just laughed because John Kelly's points were sort of uh, one he sent like two hours between each other so he's clarifying the point but the reason he went to clarify it was because lucky to be working had responded to his which we obviously shared and he said who is writing this stuff about scores my god the scoreboard doesn't lie get out of the attic lad <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it too at the same time yeah yeah um, um, look, Mickey, uh, aside from football, Lucky's also been on to us and he says he has a date on Thursday. Any advice oh. for me, lads? Should I talk about when I was in the attic? I Two things I'd say is one, don't talk about the attic, get out of the attic. And two, don't let her see his Instagram because she'll, she'll run a mile. <laughs> um, that's if it is a girl. Um, you know, we, let's not be presumptuous here. Um, True. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, no, I I would like advice. Um, you know, do the opposite to what I say. Um, that's what I'd say because it's never worked for me. Um, but uh, yeah, try not to talk talk about yourself. Um, and and about the attic. You know, bring them in in small bits and pieces. Um, test the water. See if she wants to hear about or he wants to hear about the attic. Um, but do kind of look interested and ask her questions. That's what I'd tell him. Yeah. Yeah. And take, see if he'll, take, he'll take great encouragement from that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope it's not a ham. No, I doubt it's a clear ham now, to be honest. Or a Langer. He's he's down on the work on holiday in Cork and he's uh he's not too yeah. fond of the Cork Langers either. Um Kieran CNL said the Hill takeover has only just begun. Oh, explain that one. Well, that, he'd be par- probably part of the North Mead Choir Boys as well. Oh, it's only just be okay, and okay, and yeah. Um, it, it, well, are they going back for the Leinster final for the ladies? 
I hope so. I, I, I hope so. Is right. Yeah, absolutely. Conor O'Brien says the Mead men on the hill ran Croker. Absolutely. Look, when, when, when we get into Croker and we get onto that hill, when they do open it up, um, you know, I think we've got more ownership of it than the Dubs. It's just they have probably more people. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do you want to do the soccer bit? Ah, sure. Look, get it out of the way. Yeah. Jerry, the, 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 actually, it's probably better than most of the other stuff that we've talked about, to be honest. So we'll actually welcome it this week. Uh, Jelly is next in, and he said, big win for Rovers against Derry in a top-of-the-table clash, done dog fighting for 30. I think he just copied and pasted what he said to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, uh, Jelly, come on, don't be doubling up. Yeah. People haven't got time to be listening to you twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was another one as well, somewhere in there from uh, the usual suspects, uh, Jack Walsh or Mr. Simons as well. Shawnee Fitz, there he is. Back to back wins for Shells. Yeah, back to back wins for Shells. Um, great stuff. Jack Walsh says Danny Mandrews, late, late winner versus Derry Friday night. Ooh. Okay, uh, and back to GA matters, Mickey Swiftly, uh, with Reese McGuire, and he says uh, never seen as m- never seen as much crowds leaving Crow Park at halftime before. No fight in that team. No fighting the supporters either. Okay. Leaving at halftime, I, 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 I just, um, I can't, I can't uh, stomach that either. So I can't. Um, I think the final one is uh, one from Zach Griffin where he says bring in the regional championship uh, the region is this the club one I, I presume Probably. it is yeah. it has to be maybe maybe he's thinking that that will you know unearth a few more players and bring up the standard um, uh, is that what he's talking about I, I wonder I don't know, to be brutally honest with you. What I do know, though, is that the regional championship in Mead, consisting of the junior and intermediate teams, is, I believe, set to commence this year, which, which yeah. is good news. Um, that obviously won't involve senior clubs, but it will be interesting to see how it works, you know, first year out and how many, I suppose, teams buy into it and, and the quality of football that's produced as a result. So we will look forward to that. Yeah, we will definitely. Um, that is something that we really are going to look forward to and uh, see how that progresses. Again, that is part of the new structures and processes that are going to be brought in to try and uh, uh, bring up the standard of players across all uh, of Mead and, and, and therefore bring up the standard of the Mead team as well, um, which is um, going to be brilliant to see as well. Um, is that it, Davy? That's it, Mickey. I'm just going back to John Kelly's, you know, eight players uh, on the Mead team, 21-22. Um, you know, I'd love to see the stats for the Dublin team, like how how many players uh, or what was the average age of the of the Dublin team um, that started? I don't know, but it would have been considerably higher, definitely, yeah. with yeah, some of the so, key players, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, you know, like we do have to look forward we are bitterly disappointed. We have to put the disappointment of last weekend behind us, Davy, um, because as I said, the, the qualifiers will be coming thick and fast in, in, in a few weeks' time. I'm, 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 I am actually looking forward to seeing this Mead team going out in the qualifiers and, and seeing what they can do. Um, and, you know, because I'm sure they'll want to right the wrongs of last weekend. You'd like to hope so, Mickey. And I suppose in stark contrast to the way it used to be with the qualifiers, Mead actually have to go to three weeks now to try and get themselves right. And I, they'll probably need that between, obviously, conference morale, but also the, the few injuries and the, the, the sore bodies that are there. Um, we'll see what the draw throws up next week. I think it's next Monday morning, the, the draw for the qualifiers. Uh, only two rounds to get into a quarterfinal of an All-Ireland at the end of the day. So you play uh, beaten teams from the earlier rounds of the provinces. And then if you do progress, it's the four winners versus the four provincial beaten finalists then um, in the, in the final round of the qualifiers. So let's just wait and see what it, what it throws up for Mead. Um, And as you say, hopefully we can get a reaction from the players because I think there has to be one. Yeah, there really will. And I think there will be. And uh, we need to stay positive and, um, you know, get behind the team for the rest of this season, however long 
it will last and hopefully they get a couple of wins in the qualifiers and get that confidence back again just to remind our listeners to go over to patreon forward slash we are mead and you'll find all the loyal royals podcasts for this week and all 370 odd podcasts that we've done on our loyal royal podcast before here and we will have a review of the ladies game against westmead we will have a review of the men's game against Dublin in Croke Park in that Leinster semi-final with an interview with Andy McEntee. In the ladies, we've needed globally Sarah Wall and Eamon Murray um, uh, on the interviews. And then, of course, we will be doing preview of the club scene, the All-County Football League uh, games that will be taking place over the next few days. So that's it from this episode of your We Are Mead podcast. Remember, We Are Mead, why matters more.